case rates, positivity rate, and hospitalizations, Denver will be moved backwards to the state's dial on the state's dial system to safer at home level three. Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment has been a tremendous partner and has helped uh, to advise Denver along the way. Uh, the level three capacity restrictions are now in effect in Denver. Uh, we are ordered to complete the transition by Wednesday afternoon, and we will work to implement this state order in the best way we can to protect our residents and mitigate the impacts of our hard uh, pressed businesses. The numbers are the numbers, they don't lie. Uh, we've all seen this similar resurgence of infections across the country and frankly across the world. Uh, this is what we get when we don't have a national strategy uh, where we're piecemealing the approaches where states like Colorado took this seriously and others took the approach uh, similar to what our leadership in Washington has advised, pretending that the, the, uh, there was no pandemic. And the story, have we followed science? Have we all worked together on a national strategy? Um, the story might be different today. Despite our best efforts and the fact that most Denverites uh, are dutifully wearing face coverings, practicing social distancing, postponing family gatherings, and otherwise making sacrifices to keep our community safe, Denver is not an island. Nineteen continues to spread across Illinois and around the country. State health leaders reporting nearly 13,000 new confirmed and probable cases. And sadly, 43 people have died, bringing the death toll now to 10,477. Chicago's mayor issuing a new stay-at-home advisory starting Monday, and the governor says he's considering another mandatory stay-at-home order. WGN Shannon Halligan is here with more on the serious warnings as we approach the Thanksgiving holiday. Shannon? Yeah, Mayor Lori Lightfoot directed people to stay at home again. These new limitations are not mandatory, not yet at least. If trends continue in Chicago, health experts predict 1,000 or more residents could die because of COVID-19 by the end of the year. People are dying. We're seeing a daily uptick in the amount of deaths that we're recording in the city of Chicago. This is literally a matter of life and death. That's why city leaders issued new restrictions. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced a 30-day stay-at-home advisory, telling residents to only venture out for essential trips like grocery shopping or for work. The city also set a limit on social gatherings to 10 people or less. And the mayor urged people to cancel non-essential travel, even for the holidays. You must cancel the normal Thanksgiving plans. Dr. Bruce McNulty, chief medical officer at Swedish Hospital, said the trends are very concerning. We saw significant numbers in the spring, uh, and we are starting to see uh, just the same patterns again here in the fall. Testing sites are becoming overwhelmed as well. In just 41 minutes, the Wheaton COVID-19 testing site reached capacity. Governor Pritzker warned even stricter restrictions for the state could be around the corner. The numbers don't lie. If things don't take a turn in the coming days, we will quickly reach the point when some form of a mandatory stay-at-home order is all that will be left. With every fiber of my being, I do not want us to get there. But right now, that seems like where we are heading. 
Now, Chicago's new restrictions take effect on Monday and will last 30 days. Live in the newsroom tonight, Shannon Halligan, WGN News. Thanks, Shannon. Now Business owners in San Francisco's Chinatown are struggling with a slump in business due to fear surrounding the coronavirus. KPIX 5's Ann Makovic is live as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi addresses the issue there. Ann? Yeah, come with me as we stalk uh, House Speaker Pelosi right now. She's been taking a tour down Chinatown, and we have stopped already at a temple. Uh, we've stopped at a fortune cookie factory, uh, a, the walk shop, which sells cookware. And now she is stomping at uh, one of the little gift shops in Chinatown, if you can see her live now. She has been uh, talking to people along the way, a lot of business owners, a lot of community leaders here in Chinatown who have been concerned about uh, the, the optics of the coronavirus and uh, the fear that some people might have uh, of coming to a place like Chinatown that might have a lot of Chinese nationals. So she has been going around to show that it is perfectly safe to be here. Uh, she says that this is a very special place to her heart because she started a lot of her early campaigning when she started her political career, uh, some of it right here in Chinatown. And uh, we got some word from her earlier on sort of the message that she's trying to uh, purvey here. It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, uh, to be able to be unified with our community. Uh, we want to be vigilant about what it might be on the, uh, what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it. But we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. Yeah, and I want to point out that no cases of the coronavirus have been found here in Chinatown or San Francisco at all. So she's really just trying to point that out because they have seen a drop in business here. Uh, again, back at the uh, Chinese Bazaar gift shop here on Grant Street. Uh, she's a real tourist attraction in and of herself, as you can imagine. Uh, people are so excited to see her, people from uh, all over the world. And again, of course, right here in Chinatown, who are really happy for the speaker's support today. Live in San Francisco, Ann Makovic, KPIX 5. We take situations like this very seriously. Uh, we understand the density of New York, the complexity of New York, whatever happens internationally, uh, it winds up at our doorstep relatively quickly. So we've been through situations like this before. We're very proactive. Uh, I don't take anything for granted. Um, precaution is always the best practice. Preparedness is always the best practice. And that's what we do here in New York. At the same time, we have to keep this in perspective. There is no reason to panic. Uh, there's there's uh, no reason to have an, an inordinate amount of fear about this situation. There are different viruses that develop uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, take everyone seriously, but uh, don't don't uh, over uh, uh, don't have uh, a, a overly anxious reaction to any one situation. There are no confirmed cases of coronavirus uh, in New York thus far. Uh, we would expect as time goes on that uh, we will find a case of coronavirus. If you look at the spread of it around the world, um, we would expect that. And we are prepared for that. Uh, we have 
taken a lot of time to put protocols in place and quarantine procedures, etc. But again, uh, I understand the fear. We've gone through this before, Zika virus, Ebola, etc. But let's have some connection to the reality of the situation. We have the best healthcare system in the world here. Uh, and uh, excuse uh, our arrogance as New Yorkers. I speak for the mayor also on this one. We think we have the best healthcare system on the planet right here in New York. So uh, when you're saying what happened in other countries versus what happened here, uh, we don't even think it's going to be as bad as it was in other countries. Uh, we are fully coordinated. We are fully mobilized. This is all about mobilization of a public health system, getting the tested, testing done, getting the information out, uh, and then having the healthcare resources to treat people who are going to need help. Again, that is going to be primarily senior citizens, people who are debilitated, and we're going to have a special effort for our nursing homes, etc., cetera, uh, congregate facilities where senior citizens are being treated. You cannot contain the spread. You can slow it, you can limit it, but you can't contain it. That isn't a cause for anxiety either because, well, what happens when a large number of people get infected? which you're going to see a spread. By the way, I said uh, two weeks ago, it's just a matter of time before we see our first case, then we saw our first case. I said yesterday, you will see a case of community spread. Here we are today, there's a case of community spread. I am telling you, it is inevitable, but that this will continue to spread. New Rochelle is a particular problem. It is, uh, what they call a cluster. The numbers have been going up. The numbers continue to go up. The numbers are going up unabated. Uh, and we do need a special uh, public health strategy for New Rochelle. What we are going to do is focus on an area, concentric circle around the situs of the majority of the cases in New Rochelle. Much of the transmission tends to happen on a geographic basis. It's a respiratory illness. Cheryl, it seems to be a little bit of an open question. We're here in the village of Hinsdale, normally very busy, as you can see, incredibly eerily quiet right now. And in the absence of some really concrete federal guidance on this question, it appears that people are simply making up their own minds. I have a great faith in Dr. Fauci. The head of the Chicago Medical Society says 47% of emergency room doctors probably won't help because what's needed is the sophisticated N95 mask, the one in short supply for frontline medical staff. The N95 mask has adequate filtration for viruses. If you wear a surgical mask, uh, that doesn't provide adequate uh, protection. But the debate rages after Dr. Anthony Fauci, a key member of the task force, said on CNN this morning that a new policy may be coming. Right now, the CDC is saying masks should only be worn if you're sick or you're taking care of someone who is. But when we get in a situation 
when we have enough masks, I believe there will be some very serious consideration about more broadening this recommendation of using masks. We're not there yet, but I think we're close to coming to some determination. The Chicago Medical Society is worried that a call for general mask wearing will reduce social distancing and soon will be like Spain, where healthcare workers make up an out of proportion 14% of COVID cases. Surgical masks are not that effective either. If you sneeze, that prevents the droplets from going out at a very small angle, doesn't prevent it from going out the side of your mask. But the head of the Chinese CDC says America may be making a mistake by not mandating mask usage. And an American researcher says 38 scientific papers back that up. Uh, my concern is that people will uh, feel a false sense of security using a type of mask that may not protect others from their illness. So that is the dilemma, really, that we're dealing with right here. So in the absence of, again, this concrete federal guidance, which could change in the next little while, the most important thing, clearly, all the medical people are telling us is do not push back, do not fall off the social distancing. Reporting live in Hinsdale, Ravi Baitrol, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. We spent months now assessing the coronavirus pandemic, mostly from a medical standpoint. We now know a lot more about the virus than we did back in March and February, and we're grateful for that. Facts are always better than speculation. But it's possible that in doing that, we've spent maybe too little time considering the rest of the country, the many millions of Americans who will never face serious health risks from this virus. So the question is, and we should be asking this a lot, 30 million of them are now unemployed. 30 million. That is so many people that it's hard to digest what it means or what it's going to mean five years from now. For some context, that is double the job loss from the Great Recession of 2009. It took us 10 years to recover from. Many never did recover. In fact, the entire middle class never recovered. So how long will 30 million take? That's a terrifying question. In fact, it's too scary for many of our leaders to consider. It implicates their judgments, their policies. So they're determined to ignore that question, and they're even more determined that you ignore it too. You are absolutely not allowed to think about that, much less talk about it. How many times in the last week have you clicked on a video a friend sent only to discover it has been deleted by YouTube, Google, because it criticized the people in charge? We've never seen anything like this in the history of our country. It used to be a free place. We bragged about it. But it's happening, and not just online. The police commissioner of New York announced this week that political protests have been banned in America's biggest city. How long have they been banned? Well, for as long as his boss, Bill de Blasio, says they're banned. So it could be a while. It's not end point. We now know a lot more about the virus than we did back in March and February, and we're grateful for that. Facts are always better than speculation. But it's possible that in doing that, we've spent maybe too little time considering the rest of the country the many millions of Americans who will never face serious health risks from this virus. So the question is, and we should be asking this a lot, how are they doing? Well, more than 30 million of them are now unemployed. 30 million. That is so many people that it's hard to digest what it means or what it's going to mean five years from now. For some context, that is double the job loss from the Great Recession of 2009. That took us 10 years to recover from. Many never did recover. 
In fact, the entire middle class never recovered. So how long will 30 million take? That's a terrifying question. In fact, it's too scary for many of our leaders to consider. It implicates their judgments, their policies. So they're determined to ignore that question, and they're even more determined that you ignore it too. You are absolutely not allowed to think about that, much less talk about it. How many times in the last week have you clicked on a video a friend sent only to discover it has been deleted by YouTube, Google, because it criticized the people in charge? We've never seen anything like this in the history of our country. It used to be a free place. We bragged about it. But it's happening, and not just online. The police commissioner of New York announced this week that political protests have been banned in America's biggest city. How long have they been banned? Well, for as long as his boss built Two, but in a very different way. Police arrested Luther. They dragged her before a Dallas County judge called Eric Moy. And that was Luther's bad luck. Moy is a deeply irresponsible person. He is a political hack. He is a self-described Democratic Party activist. He once circulated a chain letter denouncing Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas as a race traitor. Eric Moy lectured Shelley Luther about how she was a bad person. Watch. Your actions were selfish, putting your own interests ahead of those of the community in which you live. That they disrespected the executive orders of the state, the orders of the county and this city. What a pompous fool. But he's got a lot of power. He's a judge. And Shelley Luther was sitting before him. Luther, to her enormous credit, was not intimidated. Instead of groveling, apologizing, and begging forgiveness, which is what he wanted, she told the judge what was so obviously true. For people who don't have salaries that are guaranteed by taxpayers, this lockdown, as it continues, has been a catastrophe. I have to disagree with you, sir, when, I, when you say that I'm selfish, because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hair stylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I'm not going to shut the salon. Feeding my kids is not selfish. Moy was unmoved by this. He's not worried about feeding his kids. He went to Harvard Law School. A 2007 article in the Washington Post describes this man as someone, quote, with a weakness for Cuban cigars and the finest steaks. What a poser. As a judge, Moy has continued to collect a salary of about $150,000 throughout the shutdown. He can take that forever. He can afford all the finest steaks he wants, at least until meat supplies run out. Moy sentenced Luther to a week behind bars. So that's what's going on in Dallas tonight. Small business owners who are going under, these are people with employees who are struggling to buy food, are being punished for the crime of earning a living by authoritarian buffoons, goons, who are living off their tax dollars. How's that for an arrangement? Meanwhile, and this is the best part, actual criminals are going free. Three weeks ago, the city of Dallas began releasing more than 1,000 inmates from the county jail. Some are in for serious felonies. Authorities said they had no choice. They had to save the inmates from the virus, the very same virus that Shelley Luther will likely be exposed to in jail where she is now for trying to earn an honest living.
All right, kids, good morning, Saturday morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red Pill Show. Today, like I said, is Saturday, November 14th, 2020, the show. It's for entertainment, educational purposes only, and I'm trying to wake you the fuck up. Please use at your own risk. This show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. No part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form without our written consent. Finally, this show is opinionated. The host, especially me, callers 815 290. Zero nine one two. Guess people that are naughty in the chat room are and always will be opinionated. That's why we do this under no circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions be taken as advice? If you're seeking professional advice, we strongly encourage you to hire a license of required person in his or her feel little Tommy. Hey man. No, 
That's his name. Broadcasting live from the only state in the union that's open for business 100%. That is Florida. So anyway, how's it going? I put that little um, news thing together before I came on. I apologize for the Tucker Carlson one that I butchered up. Anyway, you get the gist of it, right? So I'm sitting here this morning. It's Saturday. First of all, thank all of you guys for coming on and listening to me on your time. So... Uh, but Mr. Han, if it's your time and my time, then, uh, dude, isn't that like our time? Whoa. Yeah, it's our time. Anyway, it's your time. It's my time. It's my time. It's Saturday. I could be doing a lot more things than sitting here on my ass. And you too. What are you doing? How you're listening to the show whether it's earbuds, which I recommend, earphones, headphones, a very good audio system in your car, but don't use your piece of shit phone because you might not like it. You might not like it anyway, but at least the quality is there. So that's what I'm going to say to you. So I'm sitting here and having my coffee, and I, uh, I'm, I'm keeping in touch with people in Illinois and Colorado, and then now I'm in Florida and I am very, very concerned. Now, this episode is titled Episode 3. And I don't have my camera on, by the way, because I'm updating my MP3 player, which is my preference to listening to music. And by the way, somebody in the Podbean Z-Gold asked me, what song is this when I'm playing my introduction song that I have permission for, that I get shit for all the time playing it anyway, is the band called Forever Still. They are on YouTube, Spotify. They have phenomenal videos, songs. The more you listen to them, the more you're going to get hooked on them. Okay. I don't get a dime for any of this. I don't get a dime for none of this shit. So music sucks right now. This is a great band. In my opinion, they're not being marketed the right way. And if they don't get their shit together, they're going to run out of fucking time to get their ass to the United States and go on tour so they can become a mainstream band. And I am doing what I can to promote that fucking band. Okay. Sorry. More listeners. I just lost. Here comes a complaint, Scarlett. If this episode doesn't jar him, nothing will. One of two things are going to happen. I'm going to piss you off. I'm going to wake you up, or hopefully both. Okay. This episode, episode three, which I am charging for in a series of starting your own HVAC refrigeration business, which are a hundred bucks an episode. And this was going to be up until this morning when I just, I can't morally accept me charging for this information that I have 
based on experience of running a business and seeing it fail and charge people for it. I, I just can't do it. Although it could be my stupidity as far as, as a business decision. Cause if this one don't go viral, then I don't, I just don't get it, man. I just really, I'm ready to throw in the towel here because this is about business. This is about livelihood. This is about feeding your kids, feeding your employees, keeping the doors open, which I tried to do for two years. So although I will not call myself an expert in operating, owning, and maintaining a business, but for 20 years, I did it starting with nothing like most people in my business failed by outside forces that I had no control over. And it, I see it happening now. So I think it would be a horrible disservice for me not to share what I did to try to save my company. It was a slow death. It was two years, not two days, not two months, not 12 months, approximately 24 months. It was a death by a thousand paper cuts and it's happening now because if you are a self-made entrepreneur and business owner, you are not going to give up until all the fight is out of you and it's happening and I'm seeing it more lockdowns, the second wave. Oh my God, here we go. Now I'm going to say some things that might seem narcissistic or self-serving that is not true. I can talk about me once again, the show is for entertainment and educational. I'm not giving you advice, although I might phrase and you can get a sound bite that says you should do this. Uh, you shouldn't do anything. You should do what you think you should do. But I probably will phrase things and you should do this. And I don't want to keep saying I, 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 because I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about you. I want this to be about us. But I'm not going to sit here, obviously, in many instances of things I've talked about on this show, going back 12 years on and off. I think this is probably the most important show collectively for all of us than I'll ever do. I don't know. Time will tell. I got to start at the end of the book, kind of like a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> so uh, we're going to show you, show you the end of the movie and then we're going to go back. So I have to say that because after my company failed in Illinois, it was time to go. I left born and raised in Illinois, spent 53 years there. Enough was enough. No anchor, no reason to stay. Adios, see you later. I've always been and loved the state of Colorado. So I got a fresh start, new start, whatever. And I went to Colorado. 
And I worked for somebody, had to finalize my bankruptcy due to my business failing. That was personal bankruptcy. Very humiliating. This is, guys, this is most likely, and I'm not trying to put the fear of God or scare the shit out of you. This is probably some long, along the lines of what's going to happen to you. That's just reality. It's all going to depend on you, how you handle it. And if you accept it, but chances are, if this keeps going on, you're going to go under. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not going to happen. With me and I tried every avenues that I'm going to share legally, morally, and ethically to save my company. I was unsuccessful. Maybe you won't be. And that is my intention is to share the things that I tried. So you don't make the same mistakes I did, but starting a business and building it is no different than trying to save it, except it's bass backwards. So when you're building and operating your business, you're climbing up. When you're declining, you still try to do the same things, but to no avail. And it's going down, 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 down. Now, people that don't have their own business, like, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, because you're an employee. <laughs> and if you don't have a business open, by your employer, you don't have a job. So the dominoes are going to find fall. Sorry. I just got distracted by a message. I'll take phone calls soon. I got, I got to go through this a little bit before I get into this. I just started this. So I apologize for that. I will keep an eye on the chat rooms. All right. And then I will take phone calls. So just whatever you want to, whatever you want to comment on, write it down. Cause I'm gonna go through a lot of shit right now. So I ended up in Colorado for two and a half years. First wave came through lockdown, this, that, whatever. My hours were cut from 40 hours to 25. I had to get a second job for the first time in my life. I did that. Then things picked up. Summer came, got back to 40 hours, everything else. But we were told, I was told the second wave is coming. The second wave is coming. The second wave is coming. I talked to people about it. I asked their opinion. Even my boss. Oh, no, everything's going to be fine. I just think it's going to be over and done with. Okay. Well, when you're drunk at the punch bowl and a party's going on, it's pretty easy to say. But after the party's over and you got the hangover, you're like, what the fuck did I just do? So I paid attention. And the only reason I left Colorado was because of the second wave coming. I saw it coming. I didn't want anything to do with it. I am not an introvert. I live alone. I didn't even have a parakeet to keep me company. And I couldn't have pets because I couldn't have pets based on my lease. So... Energy was pointing to Florida. So now here I sit in Florida 
and we're not locked down. I'm having some struggles with employment, but it's it. it first, I'm employed, now I'm employed, now I'm employed, whatever. Um, I'm not worried about it because things aren't shut down. So I'm being patient. Patience is a virtue in this. I can promise you that. Okay. So here we go really quick with, with how things went downhill for me in my business. And I'm seeing it happen with everybody and, and they're powerless over the situation. They don't know what to do. You can listen to business advisors. You can listen to, you can listen to management experts. You can listen to whatever you want. I, they really aren't educated or have experience for the most part. I'm sure some have, if they were former business owners in the experience of watching your business fail. When your business is successful and your life is successful, Everything's great and you learn lessons and you get rewarded and everything else. And if you do make a mistake, you could probably recover pretty quickly because everything's great. It's on the uptrend. But when your business is failing and you make one mistake in trying to save it, it's magnified 10 times and you keep going down and you keep going down and you keep going down. And I see these people experience experiencing this and they're going downhill and they don't know what to do because nobody we've never experienced this before i think it's being totally mismanaged by everybody i think stimulus checks whether it's personal or business is just a band-aid the amount of money is is insignificant sorry It's like a drug addict that's trying to get off drugs or an alcoholic trying to get off a beer and, you know, you get one little beer or one little, whatever your drug of choice is just to keep you going, which really does nothing more but damage to you. Bailouts don't work, period. It's like having a flat tire on your car and you got an air pump in your car and you just keep pumping more air into it instead of changing the tire. You're not fixing the problem. The problems are not being addressed. The problems are not being fixed. I played that whole introduction thing, trying to stay unbiased and non-political with what's been going on clear back when all this stuff started with COVID-19 and what people were saying and their perspective on it. And regardless of what they say, they were turning this into a political tool. That's just my opinion. Nothing to worry about. Don't look here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Everything's going to be fine. We have no cases, blah, 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 blah. A little bit of arrogance, a little bit of nepotism, a little bit of uh, uh, overconfident people in power that made some wrong decisions. But just like I said, when your business is going down, the mistakes you make are multiplied times 10. In this situation, being an elected servant, the mistakes you made are multiplied times 10 or more, maybe even 100, because things aren't good. But it really just confuses me 
that any positive remedy, I mean, the medicine shouldn't be worse than the disease. Well, you can swallow the shit and, you know, your sniffles will go away and your cold will go away and your, your fever will go away, but it may kill you. Um, how about no? Well, what's my death mortality rate? Less than 1%. No, thank you. I don't see how making decisions that affects businesses in their sales, regardless of the amount of percentage, 10%, 20%, 50%, 80%, 90%, 100%. Because running a business you have fixed costs, just like personal finances. If you can get this into your head without seeming like I'm talking down to you, you just got a pay cut of 50%, which some of us have. Some of us got a pay cut of 100%. We lost our job, but except little stimulus checks. I already talked about that. The second pay the bills. Your personal balance sheet or your business balance sheet is inverted. Your income is less than your expenses. You have negative cash flow. You can't pay your bills. You're going to go bankrupt. Simple as that. Very simple, basic business 101 mathematics. If your expenses exceed your income, you are going to go bankrupt. Personally and business-wise. So back to me, now I'm going to share, and you can maybe apply this to your personal side of it. I don't know. It's up to you. I'm not, again, I'm not giving advice. This is education based on my experience. And because I give a shit, I could just sit back here and go, well, been there, done that. I don't really give a flying fuck. Y'all are fucked. Why do I care? I'm always complimented on the perception that of how strong I am when it comes to a lot of things. I've been through this guys. I ran the race. I lost. I'm there. I accept it. I get it. And I'm seeing all he is going through it and you just don't know what to do. Anywhere from young entrepreneurs who just started their company to people that have ran their business their entire life, started with nothing and they have every single thing that they own invested into this company or their company. And you're just blowing air into a flat tire. I'm sorry. Do I have any regrets in trying to save my business? Of course not. It would be just like one of my, one of my, who the fuck is this? Probably the, chiropractor I called just like if one of our own kids or one of my kids were dying and then they needed a kidney or they needed something that I could do to help. Of course, of course I would do that. Even if the prog prognosis or diagnosis or potential predicted outcome is they're going to die. Of course I would. So there's no difference between trying to save your kid and saving your company. I can't stress that. But before I go into the failure part of it, totally after outside influence, well, this is outside influences too. So it all started going downhill once upon a time in 2008. 
which woke me up and which is why you're listening to my voice. If the meltdown never happened, I wouldn't be doing this. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. I don't, I don't do this for any other reason than that situation woke me up and something was wrong, really wrong. Certain people getting bailed out, just kind of like what it is right now. And you're not, but you're getting just a little bit of the breadcrumbs. Well, here's $1,200. Here's the PPP money, which I don't know really what that is. I don't know how much it is. I don't know what it's based on, but essentially you're still getting money from the government to keep you in compliance, acquiescing, whatever. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. We got things under control. Okay. Sure. In the meantime, you're losing sleep. You got high anxiety. High anxiety. You don't know how you're going to pay your employees, your payroll taxes, which you're going to get penalized on because you can't pay them. Yada, 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 yada. Insurance. Well, your insurance is going to be canceled. Can't pay your rent. So the landlord's going to throw you out. So back in 2008, when the meltdown happened, Money tightened up big time. My LLC, line of credit for my business, was canceled and turned into an installment loan. Lines of credit for a business are imperative to survive. They help you go through slow times, cash flow times, whatever times. It's just a safety net there for business to use. If you're operating your business totally on your LLC, then you're not running your business right. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Unless you are growing more than a 20% growth rate because you'll be in zero or negative cash flow because you got more money going out than coming in. Uh, that should be temporary. But my business had over 100% growth rate and I had to sell my accounts receivable invoices to a bank for like 20%. So I could get instant money instead of waiting 30 days. So, cause that's the normal credit terms that you extend net 30 to most businesses, as far as I understand it, or at least mine at the time. So the line of credit was canceled installment loan. There's all these terms and conditions that are amended to the, to the agreement or contract for the LLC, blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't borrow against it anymore. I had to pay it back like an installment loan, like I borrowed the money. And the money of liquidity was turned off. The spigot was turned off. So, and here, here's where the lessons of failure and going through this, I've learned on this side of it. Now, I don't say this with any pride, any... I shoulda, coulda, I made a mistake. I didn't make a mistake. I mean, I made, I made mistakes, but I learned by them. But this was a turning point that led me down the road to the beginning of failure. So it, it took me not really the two years that I said. It's all started going downhill in 2008, very slowly, very slowly. My sales were going down. Things were just going down. Divorce. The rumblings of that started back then. 
employees getting a little bit rambunctious and not confident that the business was going to be around. Just normal human behavior, just being an employee, it's like, well, you know, is quality temp eating air going to be open in the long term? This is from 2008. I don't know. And I can promise you, your employees are thinking the same thing. They don't know if they're going to have a job tomorrow. So you might start having people abandoning ship on you. And I don't blame them and fault them for that. But my wife and I at the time was the VP and 50% of the business owner had a decision to make in order for our company to survive in 2008. We made the decision to totally empty our retirement personal into the company for capital injection to survive. So, and even to this day, zero retirement because we made the decision. I don't know about her. She's remarried. I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she has. And just to be perfectly honest without sounding too much like an asshole, I don't really don't care. But back then it was a, an agreement, which most of our business operations were and decisions is that we just take our retirement and injected into the company to save the company. Now I have to inform you, although the hundred percent amount of the money was injected into the company, approximately 55, 60, no, let's see, 50% taxes, 10% penalties and state income tax. Uh, safely to say over half of that went to the government. So things stabilized and that's all you're trying to do right now. Stabilize. You're trying to stop the bleeding with a bandaid and you need stitches and sutures and wraps and gauze and compression bandages to stop this hemorrhaging. But at the time it seemed like the right thing to do because I wasn't ready to give up my business or see people un unemployed and not be able to feed their families. So we injected all of that capital, which was everything we had into the company. Probably what a lot of business owners have done already. But I can say to you that that was a mistake. I should have just let the business fail. But even if I was put back in a time machine without the knowledge of knowing the end result of it, I still would have chose to build the company out, but it's not really a bailout. It's my money. It was our money that we saved and earned. So the capital injection was a mistake, but at the time it wasn't. Nobody can foresee where this is going to go. And this was back in 2008. So we got another, 10 years out of the company, which was just a slowly sinking ship back from the meltdown. And I will say this, I think a lot of people's problems started with the meltdown, whether you want to see that or admit that or not. People lost their homes, their jobs, their retirement dropped in half for the most part. Downsizing happened. 
and the rich got bailed out too big to jail all the buddies and all their buddies on wall street and the banks and the federal reserve and treasury department got their money we didn't transfer of wealth you just didn't understand what was going on at the time and that's what woke me up because i'm like what in the fuck is going on there's more complaints if this doesn't make you swear i don't know what's going to i don't think people understand the seriousness of what's going on right now. We're total overreacting to something that has a death rate of less than 1%. Now, does that mean I want to kill people? Does that mean I want to die? Hell no. Masks don't work. I played that. You don't believe me. I don't care. Do your own homework. Unless they're at 95 or above, masks do not work that's not me that was on abc news from chicago that i played that clip do your own homework okay so that was mistake number one injecting our retirement back into the company to reinflate the flat tire that's all i can tell you so after a divorce that was finalized in 2016 and then uh, a an employee a an employee a an employee an employee and an employee what's a proper what's a proper grammar bonnie anyway she's a teacher former teacher ex-teacher whatever which by the way all teachers should make a thousand dollars i'm going to do an episode too on you know since we're defunding the police we might as well defund the education system because it's a bunch of horse shit anyway uh and then not to mention um firefighters which i can't say nothing bad about them but i mean why not if we're going to defund defund people fuck me might as well yeah i'm being an asshole i'm being sarcastic you guys are all heroes to me law law enforcement firefighters teachers military you're all heroes to me defunding something isn't going to make it any better. They've tried that with the education system and it's apparent. So whatever. I don't want to get into it. Whole different subject. But I never should have capital injected the company. Divorce started happening. Internal power struggle started happening. Questioning my leadership capabilities. And it started causing division and conquering in chaos. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Because I think it does. Everybody's got a different way to do it. Everybody get, has their opinion. And when people get scared, that all comes out because it's all about self-survival. It's just the way it is. So a divorce that was being fueled an employee that was undermining me well there was a couple of them because they just thought they knew better one that was undermining me and allegedly saying things to customers to sway their opinion so they could start their own business and they did and another employee went and that was just more more holes in the ship that were from internal betrayal that sunk the ship. Now, mind you, I'm going through a divorce and God forbid anybody goes through that. 
you're not really worried about the people that are behind you. And then you're taking care of and giving them a job and make sure they can feed their family. You're not keeping an eye on them. You're keeping an eye on your competition and the normal things that a business operator does. And in my opinion, what's going on right now, it's kind of what's going on right now. I mean, whoever would have thought that our elected servants, we, the people for the people by the people are telling you, you have to shut down or you have to do this or you have to do that, which is totally out of your control. And it's almost surreal that it's even happening. It's a bad science fiction nightmare TV show movie. It's a TV show actually. Cause there's more than just one episode. So here's where it started getting worse. Fired the employee for lack of performance, tried filing for unemployment while they incorporated, while they were working for me or he did had a unemployment hearing with the judge and they lost, he lost, but the judge said, you're, he has two years and after two years, if he doesn't get a job, I'm going to have to pay him unemployment. Now, mind you, my business is, is going downhill. I'm getting a divorce after 27 years. My best friend, I don't want to get into it. You know, love of my life. I married her. Okay. That's going on too. So you have to keep that in the background. So just betrayal everywhere. Just like, what is going on? And I, I know people might not want to label it that way, but and people might, might not agree with this statement, but the government's your partner. They're not a good partner. Trust me, but they think they're overlord overlords. I mean, without, without the government, well, this is debatable without the government and businesses working together and either one of them survive, where are you going to get your tax revenue from? Well, we'll just get it from the citizens. Uh, we don't need business taxes. Oh, really? Where are the tax, where are the citizens that you're taxing and to get their income from if there's no businesses? Well, we'll just give PP money and this and that and a universal income. That's like writing yourself a check. I'm having money problems right now. I got my checkbook right here. I could write myself a check. There's no money in the bank though. I employ you to learn how money works. And I, I beg of you to learn how cryptocurrency works, Bitcoin specifically, the Bitcoin standard. So you understand, I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm not telling you to do anything except educate yourself and learn what's going on. We can't keep surviving on debt and printing money and debt and debt and debt and debt. Oh, don't worry. We'll just print more money, sell bonds, treasury notes, treasury bills, treasury bonds. You don't fix problems by writing yourself a check. You fix problems by growth and income, not debt and spending. Sorry, that's the way it is. That's the way it works. Trust me, been there. So after things were going downhill and my customers were jumping ship and going to this other uh, 
former employees company. And then I had internal battles with family members that in the end, I told my ex-wife at the time I go, uh, so-and-so is going to approach you after all this is over to go in business with you. And she just thought I was fucking crazy. Well, when we were on speaking terms and after the divorce, she said, you were right. Uh, blankety blank approached me and going into business with him. who was a family member, not anymore to go into business with her. The thing, the things that happen to you when, when, and I don't knock people when they're down. I, I wouldn't be doing this right now. If I kick people when they're down and go, you know what? It's your fucking problem. I've been through all that. I've been through losing a company after 20 years and putting my heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears into it. I filed bankruptcy a year and a half ago, finalized. I've been there done that good luck you're on your own but i don't do that to people what does that do well that's an alpha male or that's confidence it's like no that's being a fucking asshole you can call it what you want that's just being a dick or a bitch if you're female well i i've been through that and oh yeah just good luck <laughs> i came out the other side you have to go through it. Really? What's that going to do? And a lot of times people don't listen. I don't expect you to listen as far as doing what I say or based on my experience. I expect you to prepare and do your own homework to figure it out for you. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody's circumstances are different. But just like religion, there's different paths to God. There's different paths to success and failure. I've been to both. There's no right or wrong way. There's just paths. And the paths are based on decisions that you make, whether they're correct or wrong. And like I said, on the success side of it, you can get away with making some mistakes to find out your true bearing or your compass, hopefully based on moral high ground. When you make a mistake, when you're on the failure path, you just knocked yourself down 10 steps. And that's what I'm trying to help you realize or wake up to. So with Customers jumping ship, employees leaving. I had to downsize. And that meant letting people go, letting office help go, letting, and believe me, I take no joy in firing people or letting them go or whatever term you want to use. Losing your jobs, losing your job. Because now they can't provide for their family and themselves. Had a lot of office people go. I had to get rid of quote unquote bad customers, which just meant they weren't partnering with us because everybody was scared. Everybody was scared. They didn't want to, they didn't want to let a dime go. I understand all that. And people complaining and 
Oh, blah, blah, blah. How come this is so much and blah, blah. Because everybody lost their shit. Because everybody's in survival mode. So then I had to not take care of customers or IE let them go that were not partnering with us. I cannot stress exclusivity and partnering in times like this, but our natural defense and instincts and thinking process psychologically with humans, and I'm guilty of this too, is to make sure that you survive. You and your family survive. That's all that matters. So you're going to make piss poor decisions based on that fact, but being a business owner, you're also hurting the people that work for you and it's an unintended consequence. So I'm going to say to you, be very careful when you decide that you're going to let customers go or not take care of them because they're not reciprocating with you. That could go either way. I don't really think it hurt my company. Cause like I said, it took, what was a 10 year decline and then two years at the end when I was on my own. And it just accelerated after that. But be very careful when you make decisions to decrease your sales. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a catch 22, whatever analogy you want to use. But if you get the, well, for instance, I let a customer go on and kept giving him a credit and they ended up sticking $10,000 in my ass. $10,000 that hurts. And I got all these assurances. Oh, I'll pay you back. Whatever it takes. I'm living back with my dad and he took me in. I'm starting over, but I'll pay you back. Well, I haven't seen a dime. So I guess also don't turn a blind eye to the obvious. I knew this guy was having problems and he was going down and he, sh and he, and he shared that with me, but it backfired. So there's the other side of the coin that if you partner, you hold up and we're in this together, you're the one that's going to get screwed. And taking a $10,000 hit was hard, very hard. Never got it back. So those things will be signs or harbingers that canary in a coal mine, whatever you want to use, that things are going in a downward trajectory. Now I was never told, well, you got to cut your sales by 50% or your occupancy by 50% or whatever the hell the government's telling, whether it's state, federal, whatever it's going on. I know what's going on. I'm just saying they're telling you by orders what you can and cannot do and how much business you can and cannot have. I would say just a 10% decrease in sales is going to hurt you because most companies, just so you know, bottom line, you're lucky if you end up with a 10% profit based on your total sales. So if you make a million dollars, you may end up with a hundred thousand dollar profit at the end of the year. So just a 10% decrease in sales is going to wipe out your profit. Now, if you're a publicly traded company, your stockholders ain't going to like that. 
but I don't want to get into that. I'm just talking about private mom, pop people. Your, your profit is down. Now, if you're an S corp, you can take draws because you're, you're spending your profit bypassing payroll and a lot it's legal to do as an S corp. So owners, officers of the company, shareholders take draws, which essentially is just picking up the checking account checkbook and write yourself a check right to you bypassing payroll. It's called owner's equity draw. But if you're mandated or ordered by whatever government to decrease your occupancy or sales by any amount of number, that's going to affect your bottom line, your sales by 10%. You won't have a profit. If you don't have a profit, you can't take it from how I understand it. I'm not an accountant or CPA, but I was told that you just, you can't take draws because you're, you're not spending the profit. You're not taking equity out of the company because there is no equity. You don't have a profit. So it could be different than that. But the thing was, that's how I was told. So once you start doing that, then when you take money through payroll, then you increase your expenses. So you're, so you're told, uh, well, you got to cut your occupancy by 50%, blah, 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 blah. Cause we're, we're all going around killing people. And we just can't have that. So now you just increase your cost. If you're an S corp, C corps are different. You just take, take payroll all the time. So you take draws. But now you can't do that because you don't have any equity in the company because you're not going to post a profit. So now you go through payroll, which costs you more money now for payroll expenses. If you can take draws and you don't put money or estimated tax payments into the government, federal government, and your company does fail and you're not saving your federal tax money, you're going to have a personal tax liability. So now you got that to deal with. So the, the ship is sinking. You go down to the bottom of the ocean, but now you're balled and chained to these tax liabilities and God, please pay your, pay your payroll liabilities business wise, pay them. Pay them. You are not getting away from them. Pay them. But now you're at the bottom of the ocean, ball and chain to, to uh, federal taxes personally because you're an S-corp and that's all channeled through income through your personal 1040A or 1040 itemized payroll or itemized, uh, it's confusing, I'm sorry, your personal return. And you're getting all the government money and you can't get out of that. This is why I'm saying, I don't know how far you're going to take your business and ride it down to the depths of the ocean or beyond to the trench, whatever that trench is. That's so many miles deep because the further you go down, the more you're going to have to pay and you're not going to get bailout money to pay your taxes. I, not that long ago, finally got mine all paid as far as the federal government goes in the state of Illinois. But it was three years ago and I still got stuck with those liabilities. So 
But when things are going down, you have to cut your expenses. So you're cutting your resources, your human resources, your tools. You have to start, and I did start selling company assets so I could pay the bills and keep my company afloat. I did everything I could to get capital legally into my business. And it was just like blowing up the tire with the air pump and not changing the tire, which is enough's enough. You have to know when to say when, but I know you're not going to give up. And I am still, still trying to get out from underneath. When you fail and you're at zero, I, that's different. When you fail and you're a business owner, you're not at zero, you're in the negative because you're still going to have some type of liabilities to pay. So after everything was said and done and it was all gone and it was just me and another guy and I got a phone call that I was going to lose half of that business, just like the analogy of the government. Well, Tim, and it was the guy that started his business. That was a former employee of mine. Cause he, he schmoozed them somehow or had, had a, had a, um, partnership or connection or whatever you want to call it. Mind you, that was my service supervisor that I trusted to deal with my customers. My last pretty much big account said, well, you can pick what locations you have, but we're going to give half to you and half to your former employee. I.e., the government's telling you, you only can have 50% occupancy. You can't cut my income in half. So I just respectfully said, I can't do that. I'm done. Give them all, give them all the stores. And that was the end of my company. I had to let my part-time girl go that helped me with the books who pretty much just entered bills, but it was great. It was, it was enough to take some stress off of me. Cause one thing I can't stand is entering bills. I don't mind paying them. I don't mind invoicing. I just hate entering invoices. I don't know why, but, but I do. And I had to let her go and I had to let my last service tech employee go. And I had to close the doors. And deal with the collateral damage, file personal bankruptcy, but you can't file bankruptcy on back taxes and payroll taxes and income taxes and blah, 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 blah. And mind you, you're going to have to pay taxes based on the amount of income you took as an employer or a business owner on a W-2 employee wage earner, which is why I had to file bankruptcy because there was just no fucking way I could pay all that. I did, however, and my ex-wife, ex-partner deserves all the credit in the world and recognition for this. The divorce decree was amended and the terms were changed and she's paid off in full. But that's another 
caveat or dimension to this if you're going through a divorce, which I've tried not to focus on. But that was part of it too. And I know there's a lot of families not getting along, divorces are on the rise, domestic violence is on the rise, suicides on the rise, drug use is on the rise. I get it. I understand it. I've been through it. Not all necessarily that stuff, but I get it. So if you're very fortunate and blessed enough not to go through any of those in just the failure of your business and possibly back taxes, which I got on payment plans with these, with these, uh, tax collectors to their credit, I'm still paying. I'm still trying to recover. And that's where I'm on this side of it. And you're not, you're just entering it when I've exited it. And I cannot tell you how hard you think building a business and growing it's hard and managing it. Wait till you have to try to save it because your chances of saving your business are slim to none in this environment. And I'm sorry to tell you that because I don't want to say, but I'm going to say that if I can't save my company, neither can you, but there is a chance you can learn by my mistakes and hopefully I've shared them because a lot of people won't do that, especially again, confident leadership, alpha males, which I don't really consider myself an alpha. I consider myself maybe a hybrid of an alpha beta. You know, I'm not an asshole. Although I've been calling an asshole, um, but I consider the source. I think of mixture of both of those people, not to mention a woman, nothing against women. I love women as a matter of fact, but if you're just going to have a bitch dominating, it's her way all the time. Woman, instead of being on the feminine side and soft side and compassionate side, like a woman is supposed to be, it's going to piss off a lot of women, but you know what I'm saying? Do you really want to be around a guy and married to a guy that it's his shots and he calls them all the time and he tells you what to do? Cause that's control. Or do you want a sweet, kind guy that's the beta guy? Or do you want a mixture of both depending on the situation? So, But I can tell you attitude, confidence, and an alpha mentality, regardless of gender is not going to do it either. It's going to take a lot of intuitiveness, a lot of open-mindedness, and a lot of you to wake the fuck up to navigate through this stuff. But if you're waiting for your PPP money again, or personally your stimulus check, and you're just sitting on your ass waiting for a check from the government, which is nothing more than socialism. You're screwed. This is a wonderful time, in my opinion, to start a company. You have to make it work without being dependent or relying on somebody else. Well, it was a government's fault anyway, so they should pay me for this, or that's why I pay an unemployment, which you don't, the, your employer does. You pay into half of Social Security and half 
employer pays 7.5%, you're paid by you, 7.5% is paid by the employer for your social security. But un unemployment's paid by, <laughs> by your employer, um, at least in the state of Illinois. I saw and done many payroll transactions. You're not gonna make it. This is the time to reach deep down inside, do your homework, use all kinds of sources, pay attention and figure this out and find the need for you to start a business, whatever that is, because a lot of them are going to get wiped out and they already are. So the competition is going to be lowered, which really doesn't help things because competition's good because that's what strives people to do the better thing. But see, that's not in the better way to build a widget. But see, with government intervention, that's not what's happening. The people that are too big to fail are getting recapitalized, and the people that should have took their place is never going to happen because they got bailed out. So it's, it's the same philosophy and analogy and belief on a personal level. If you're just going to sit at home and get a check. Oh, look what Trump did. And look, you know, look what Biden's doing. Like, and just blame everybody else and just wait for that check. You're not going to, you're not going to improve your life. And in fact, it's probably going to go on a decline because it's not enough money to improve your livelihood, your status. And the same thing with business. So with all that said, do I have any regrets? And I would say no. Would I start another business? I would say yes. But the damage I'm still paying for. And I can't fail again. And I won't fail again based on the lessons that I've learned from failure. But when there's such a strong force of outside orders telling you that you cannot operate or limited to, what do you do? Well, maybe you should move your fucking ass to Florida. Maybe you should go somewhere where you can do that. You cannot fight the system. You will not win. But the thing the system doesn't get is they're not going to win either. This is like thermonuclear war. They tossed the first missile. Well, okay. But instead of you retaliating and firing an ICBM, the ICBM they fired at you is going to come back at them, kind of like a boomerang. And although it will detonate and cause damage beyond repair, somehow, some way, they blew themselves up too. I don't know if this is intended. I don't know if it's on purpose. I, I don't know. But it defies all common sense, all logic, all business sense. You know, let's just say for an analogy, everything's great. This never happened. Everything's quote unquote normal. 
and you tell tax collection agencies that, you know what? Oh, defund. Let's defund the government. Here, let's do this. Okay. I'm not saying do it. I'm just an analogy. Okay. You're not doing what you said you were going to do. Blah, yada, 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 yada. I'm not getting my money's worth. So we're going to defund you. And you pay 50% of your taxes. How's that going to work out for you? Not very well. And I don't recommend it. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm trying to use an example. But when Rome does it to the peasants, it's expected because it's for your own benefit and protection. My son, we talk about stuff like this all the time and uh, it's great. And other people for that matter. But my son, I go, Josh, go to YouTube and listen to things Ronald Reagan said. This is a former president of the United States where countless times warns us about the government fixing problems or they're here to help countless times a former president of the united states warning us of the government fixing problems and you know what he was right and this is no different this is not being fixed it's not being addressed the cure is worth is worse, way worse than the cause. And it's quite honestly breaking my heart seeing these people lose what they strive to work for all their life because the government knows better for them in the business private sector who gets their revenue from taxes on the state level and selling treasury notes, bonds, and bills to whoever buys them on the federal level, which is printing money. Both of those are paths to destruction. Do I want to die of coronavirus? No. Do I want to see somebody else die of coronavirus? No. Do I want to see people starve to death and get thrown in the street and not have a roof over their head? No. Which one has the less chances of that happening? Mandatory lockdown and reduction of your livelihood and your business, or you go out I don't want to get, get into the mask stuff. Just use common sense and social distancing, but use an N95 mask or higher and live your life and take your chance. I'd rather do the second choice and I am. And that's why I came to Florida. But if you think this is going to change, you're wrong. You're sadly mistaken. It's very respectable and admirable for you to go down with the ship. And it's probably past the point of no return now. I know I've been there. You might as well go all the way because, you know, there's no stopping you now. But you are going to accumulate more debt and more tax liabilities for every day that you stay open. That I can tell you. You're going to have to learn or decide when enough is enough for you.
because you're not getting out of them. And then chances are, if you're lucky enough to get a W-2 respectable wage, whatever that means, my opinion is if you're single, you need at least 75,000 to make it and over a hundred, if not 150 to raise a family. If you're fortunate enough or talented enough or blessed enough to get that as a W-2 wage earner, then God bless you. But you're not going to get out of the tax liabilities. You're just not. It's not going away. As the government tells you and orders you that you have to minimize your livelihood and your income. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. So if it was me and that's it, I'm going to go to the chat room and take phone calls if you want to talk about this. You guys need to wake up, man. You need to throw in the towel. I'm not a quitter. I do not give up. You cannot break me. But there are just some forces that you can't win against. If you're being ordered to do something and you comply, that's up to you. It's a slow death. If you don't comply and you did like this wonderful lady did in Texas with the hair salon and he actually served the week in jail because of it. And I think the governor bailed her out, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. The governor of Texas, I'm pretty sure, bailed her out. Abbott, I think his name, Governor Abbott. I could be wrong. That's your choice. Or you could just throw the towel in and go someplace where you can get your fucking life back. And that's why I'm in Florida. And that's why I do this show. But for your own good and survivability and to prevent you from starving to death and losing everything, I've lost everything I worked for. Everything. Cars, snowmobiles, boat motorcycle, two houses, going out to dinner every night, blah, blah, taking trips, vacation, cruises, blah, 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 blah. But I'll end it on a positive note. I have the blueprint. I've done it. I can do it. And I will do it again. But the timing needs to be right. And it may be in Florida. But I can promise you, and this is in the book, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And the devil even says, I can't influence or destroy a person. He said man, but the book was written in the 40s. I mean, I highly recommend listening to it. It's free on YouTube. It may help you out of this shit. That once a man or woman is successful and fails and is successful again, not even the devil himself can stop you. You're pretty much immune. So that's up to you. If you want immunity and want your life back, you got to do something. But failure is part of that. If you're successful and you're a business owner and you have not experienced failure, well, you're doing something right. And there's a lot of people out there. But I think the more successful you become and then you do fail, I think it's much harder to accept. I really do. I really do. I mean, I started with nothing 
in the level I got to and losing all that was very painful, very painful. Not even including the loss of family and the whole divorce side and my pets and all my material stuff. I just said, most people don't survive that. But if you're fortunate enough and blessed enough and hardworking and smart enough, smarter than me, that you're still doing very well, whether you're essential or see that, I don't want to get into that because that's, that's picking and choosing who survives and who don't. But uh, if you're lucky enough to still be a successful business owner and have not gone through the failure, you may or may not experience it. But when you do, it's going to be a motherfucker. I think the higher you go, the farther you fall. But if you do fall and you pick up yourself by your bootstraps and you do it again, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And you're going to have the more intuitiveness. If I started my business and the government was doing this shit to me, I would close the doors. Stop the bleeding, prevent the bleeding from happening, take the profit of the company, pay the taxes, and say, I'm done. I cannot operate under these conditions. That's what I learned from failure. You're not going to learn it because you won't do it. Because you haven't been through the failure. I'm not talking down to you trying to make you feel bad or scold you. You just won't. But I can promise you when you lose everything and everything's gone and you're on the failure side of it and you file bankruptcy and you're starting over like a 19 year old living in an apartment by yourself, trying to make ends meet at middle age. And you have the aptitude and courage to start another company in business and you're in those situations again that were part of your failure from outside forces, you're going to go, fuck you. I've been down this road. I'm done. I cannot win. But you think you can. But you can't. And there's no entrepreneurial business owner, CEO, president of a company, publicly traded or started on your own that will do that. I can tell you that right now. There might be some seasoned CEOs have been through stuff like that in fortune 500 companies when they know when to say when, but they don't have any authority to close a business. They'll just resign. So pay attention to that. But that that's all I, that's all I can say about this. If this doesn't wake you up for what's really happening to you, positive mental attitude, I don't want to say praying because that will help, but alpha male, female, this is my way or the highway. I'm going to figure this out. Nothing's going to stop me. You're wrong. You're just fucking wrong. Sorry. You're wrong. You cannot win. And I am not a quitter. I figure things out because I love being told. that I can't do something or you can't make it. If I was listening to this and you were saying this to me, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. And you know what? I hope you do. I really truly hope you do prove me wrong because you're going to have one hell of a story to share. Because if you navigate through this, you can navigate through anything. I failed and I learned from the failure side.
you'll learn more from the success side because you got through this and I want to know how you did it. Cause it's gonna be one hell of a story, but I don't think you will prove me wrong. Prove me. I want to be wrong. Prove me wrong. But sometimes life has failures and setbacks. And that means you made mistakes and that's how you learn. You don't learn by success. You learn by failure. That's all I got. Just God bless you. Do what you got to do. But if this stuff continues and all the rest of the States and all this lockdown and all this fear and all this overreaction by locking shit down and destroying your economy and your livelihood, that's exactly what's going to happen because it already is second wave. That's why I'm in Florida. So that's it. I hope I helped somebody, one person. That's all I need. One person. I'm not telling you to quit. I'm not telling you to throw in the towel. I'm just telling you, if you keep doing it, you're just digging yourself a deeper hole because that's what happened to me. And if it was me again, again, and I started another company and that's why I won't do it right now, to be perfectly honest with you. This is not the right environment to do it. Florida is though, but I'm kind of concerned that there's going to be a federal mandate because crazy Joe is going to think that's the answer to lock everything down is they all live high on the hog from their tax money and their 10 houses and everything else. I'm still not sure that's not going to happen. A federal mandated lockdown, which may have worked in the beginning, but not now. I just, I just don't think that's going to work, but it's going to destroy everything. It's going to halt everything just like a mandatory strike think of it that way this is gonna this is a mandatory strike not voluntary unless it, you're a union and it's mandated but it's a strike everything stops no production everybody's fucked and you're not gonna get paid except the people that are calling the strike in this instance which would be the federal government they're gonna get paid but I wouldn't start a company or anything. Not yet. Not yet. This needs to be played out. And if I did have a company, I would be closing the doors tomorrow. Take the money and run and get the fuck out. That's what I would do. Okay. So that's it. That's just my opinion based on my experience and what I see. Because in my opinion, I can't win this battle. There's just no way. All right, so that's it. What, 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 what? Who's here? Yeah, if you want to call in, 815-290-0912. I'm just going to end the show. I'm going to look at comments. If I don't answer the phone, call again. I don't know. Boy, there's a lot of comments. That's why I, that's why I like staying current with it. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, it's too distracting. It, it really is. It's like your phone ringing or people texting you and you're not giving respect to the conversation. So I apologize for, for that, but not necessarily. I just need to explain myself. Um, again, there's Bonnie, who's a wonderful fan of the show and network. I'm all sick of these regular uh, restrictions. Same difference. My state nearly let up 
never really let up over masks and gatherings and we have big increases. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. There's more testing going on. Uh, there's going to be more positive results, but I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about the death rate. That's when I, that's when I, that's what I pay attention to, but I guess death rate from people starving to death and losing their job won't go into COVID-19 death rate. People's, they had something on CNBC the other morning where people were losing their health insurance and they can't get into the doctor for just preventative maintenance, which medicine doesn't agree with, blows my mind, for mammograms and things like that for women. And they're already predicting since they can't get in there for mammograms, this is just one area for breast cancer, they're already predicting breast cancer is going to go through the roof. But is that going to get thrown into the COVID-19 stats? No, that's going to get thrown into the breast cancer stats. I'm not a big logistics statistician, statistician, whatever you call it, bean counter, because they can put the numbers where they want. What else? Who's the band Tim's playing? That again is forever still. They're from Denmark. I've interviewed the lead singer, Maya Shoning. We've had uh, <laughs> really good interviews, but I've stressed more than once at one time she managed her band she signed a record label or something and now she has an agent and she's letting them do everything and nobody still knows who the fuck they are they should have been here by now in the states because that's their goal it's going to be a shame that this band's never discovered and recognized and make make mainstream status that the record industry, the music industry is so fucked up with copyright stuff. And they want to get every penny from every Spotify play and barely give the musicians any money for it because they don't want one penny slipping through their fucking butt crack. Sorry. But when you do that, you eliminate the exposure of the band. It's common sense. If I copyrighted the shit out of this show and charged for it, I wouldn't make any money. I could just tell you that right now. Fuck, I'm not going to listen to Tim. Are you fucking crazy? I'm not paying for it. And then the show isn't successful because I don't put out the exposure. So it's a planned, it's planned failure. It's a planned business failure, business plan. That is forever still. They got videos on YouTube. I think it's forever still.dk or DE, sorry, D. I think Denmark's DE, the web address. Just type Google. And she's on, she's on Twitter. She's on uh, Facebook. Oh, Parler, by the way, is going to annihilate fucking Facebook. I mean, you don't need, you don't need to be a psychic to understand that parlor is going to wipe out Facebook and it's about time. Sorry. Talk about fucking something up. Good Lord. But she's on all those social media things. Tell her, say, Hey, I heard your song on the original red pill show and it's awesome. You're great. And they are, they are great. But if I haven't heard about them by now through someone outside of me, 
Hey, did you hear this new band called Van Halen? Uh, no. Check them out. You ever hear Forever Still? No. Check them out. Well, tell her that. Please. Not for my benefit, for hers. Who else? I love music. And this band, if this band does not make it, it's going to be so sad. What a talented, what a talented woman just by her vocals, let alone the band and the music in the, in the bass player, Mickle. I, I mean, just a phenomenal band. Fucking great. Watch your videos. Just watch your videos on YouTube and you make your own decision. Uh, la, 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 We are off today and night. Yay. Good for you, Grant. What else? What else is going on? Another comment by Bonnie. It is pitiful to listen to Seattle small restaurants. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I'm sure I've heard it. Not from Seattle, but have been barely hanging on. They are now trying to establish out of city and in smaller communities. Yeah. Or you know what? The, there's been some very creative ways of them increasing sales and surviving. Uh, take out taxi crap, uh, drive up contactless pickup, whatever you want to do. The thing is these people have bricks and mortar expenses to pay for a building and they're not designed for that. It's not a drive through and it's not a takeout place. It's a sit down restaurant. So I even brought the idea up that they all should come up with these little vans, step vans and go out and serve your people through a little van, a step like a UPS van and make a freaking restaurant out of it and go to your people. They want to eat your food. They just can't come in and eat it. And you can't have that business model. You're going to go bankrupt but you can pay for a step van and equipment in it and the labor and make a shitload of money. I, I I'm positive. You can make a shitload of money by doing that. You got to bring your product to your people. If these dingbats continue to keep doing this or, or just give up. What else? Good morning. Toe, toe gator, Gumby gator. Cool. La 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 la. There's Bonnie again. I personally, personally, I think this is all part of worldwide financial reset and all the little people and small businesses are victims of it. And governments do not give a damn. No, they don't. No, because they, they'll always be in power and they like can mandate what they want, which is pretty much taxes, which is pretty, goes against the Magna Carta and all this royalty crap that they know better and their royalty and king and queen and your majesty and we're the fucking peasants for them. It has gone away. That's just my opinion. Because if it did, the shit wouldn't be happening. Uh, la, 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 la. Here, Darren says, so true, Bonnie. Same thing's happening here. Lots of small businesses closed down. Never to reopen. Yes, never to reopen. And you're going to get your dick shoved in the dirt so hard that you ain't going to know what to do with it. And you're just going to be destroyed. Actually, those words were said to me. You're going to be destroyed. I'm going to destroy you. I thought he was talking to Darth Vader. That was my fucking wife business partner. 
I'm going to destroy you. Oh, just let that sink in. But yeah, you're going to be destroyed, whether you're told or not, but you are going to be destroyed. I just hope you can live with it. I really do. Uh, buying property was, was a smart thing. It's not dumb. Depends on where it is and whatever. Uh, let's see what else. They're trying to take that away too, though. They don't want the peasants owning property. How dare you? What else? That's why they make it so hard on you trying to live off the grid. But they want you to live off the grid, like with kind of like Agenda 21, but they want you to do it the way they want them to do it for you. God forbid you collect rainwater, you're going to fucking jail. Look that one up. La, 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 la. <laughs> when the government says, let us, let us help run the other way. Yeah, that's a Reagan side. That's what I'm saying, man. La, 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 what else? That's about it. There you go, BJ. Bonnie says it. What business were you in? I was in a commercial heating and air conditioning business. Oh, there's Bonnie. Thank you. for See, Bonnie gets me. Bonnie gets me. I'm not saying y'all, you all, y'all don't. She's been listening long enough to this network and to know where I'm coming from. You have to listen between the lines and what I'm actually trying to say. Because if I just say it, although in this episode, I pretty much laid it out there. But if I have to say it directly to you without making you think with critical thinking, it's not going to do you a bit of good. Thank you for the inspiration, Tim. I needed it. That made my day. Thank you, Bonnie. Yes. That's all I'm trying to do is inspire you. That's it. It might not seem that way, but, but I am, I really am trying to inspire you that she's got it right there. Uh, what business was I in again? Commercial heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, mostly big box, big chain, chain account, uh, restaurants. Which a lot of them are making really horrible decisions. But like I said, there's no way out of this. Lady, you're the tiger. It's the tiger or the tiger. <laughs> so no matter what door you pick, you're going to get eaten by a tiger. So it just depends on how big the tiger is and how big you are defend them off, but th there's no way out of this. Some may figure it out. Like I said, I mean, if it was me, I would very seriously look into a fleet. If I was a national chain account or even one restaurant, you know what? We can't have people come in here. You can do the takeout taxi shit and whatever the fuck that all that shit is and online ordering and everything else. But we need to bring our, we need to go to our customers. And that would be by these step fans that are, probably would be a limited size menu. I don't see how it couldn't be. Why don't commercial restaurants use air fryers? I have an air fryer and I put everything in there, but my fucking shoe to eat in there. I, I, I don't understand why there isn't commercial air fryers. Well, you can't, you can't put fryers in a van, you know, whatever. And like, well, I don't really think that'd be a great idea, but I know it's been done. But why doesn't somebody come out with a commercial air fryer? 
I know you can't make everything in a fryer, air fryer that you can in a regular fryer, but I really haven't found too many things that I can't, including chocolate chip cookies I've made in the thing. I mean, you can pretty much put anything in there, but this, I mean, uh, she's in a, uh, let's see, she's amazing. Oh yeah, I know. Maya. Yeah, please. You know, when you're done with the show or now she's on Twitter, Maya Shoning. I don't know how you spell it. M A J A. And then Shoning's, I don't know. Forever still. They are on there. She should get the message. I would think she's on YouTube. Put a comment on her fucking YouTubes on her videos. Uh, Awake the Fire is a great song, great video. Uh, the Last Day is a great song. That's the one I play. Great video. The acapella, this is an acapella. She plays piano. She plays keyboards. She plays keyboards and does a slow, intimate version. It's the best way I can explain it. Just short of acapella except with keyboards. The last day. Listen to this woman's voice. I mean, if that doesn't make you melt, there's something wrong with you. This woman is extremely talented. Let her know. I listened to you on Tim's show. I don't even give a fuck if you use my name. The original Red Pill show. She knows who I am. I've talked to her three or four times. I think she's mad at me, though. It's okay. I've had women man at me before. I don't really prefer it. I never win. <laughs> Not a good place to be. Regardless, it is what it is. Let her know. Go to YouTube. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. I love this song. I heard it on the original Red Pill show. Where are you? Where have you been? Where are you coming to the United States? She needs this. I discovered this band six approximately five, six, seven years ago on Twitter, among other bands, Edge of Paradise. They're doing things. They're doing the things they should be. I, and I've interviewed Margarita Monet and Dave Bates, the lead guitar player. It's on my previous podcast. Listen to it. I love, love interviewing musicians. I love it. But once again, they're in a suppressed, controlled business model and industry. It's got to stop. Most bands are discovered and are successful by people sharing. Oh, we can't do that, though. We're losing a penny per song. If you don't sell the songs, it doesn't matter. You, got, you need exposure. And that's why I play them. Because I think they're amazing. Let her know. And share that and share the video and share everything you can she that won't, I guess, infringe on copyright, but beats a fucking flying fuck out of me. How that makes any sense. You can share the video, but you can't share the song. What? It's beyond me. It's beyond my understanding. I don't get it. Regardless, help this woman in this fucking band. Please, that's two inquiries I've gotten in the same show about them. But every time I play them, you're not hearing, well, probably live, you're hearing the real quality. But these asshole fucking platforms have an algorithm. If they sense music 
on a replay, they distort it. It sounds like they're underwater or serious flanging. I don't know what they're doing, but it's really irritating because you don't even want to hear it. Or download their music. The music I play, I paid for. So technically, I own it. I'm going to start splitting hairs with this shit. I'm not a piece of shit where I'm going to try to get everything for free. If I like something, I buy it. I still like CDs. Call me outdated. Call me old school. I don't really fucking care what you call me. I want to own it, but I don't want to own it by downloading it in the MP3 format. I want to own it physically because it's never going to go away unless I lose it or borrow it to somebody and don't give it back. And then I buy it again. Can't tell you how many times I did that with the Boston Boston album, not to mention a shitload of Van Halen CDs and Sammy Hagar for that matter, or John Butcher or, or any of my favorite bands that I, that I am just a fanatic about definition of fan. I'll buy it again. Where is it? I don't know. But if I just go to YouTube or Spotify and just play it, it's probably going to be in my earbuds or earphones. Nobody's going to hear it. I'm not going to share it. Every time, well, who is that? Well, just go to Spotify and listen to it. That doesn't do anything but get maybe one listener at a time, if you're lucky. Because the chances of somebody else sharing are slim to none. But I, I don't get the whole music. And then they all bitch, oh, the music industry isn't the way it used to be, and it's not pro 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 profitable. It's like, yeah, because nobody knows it's there, you idiot. Uh, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Where in Northern Illinois did you live? I was born in Ray. I was born in Displain slash Park Ridge. My birth, birth certificate says Park Ridge, Illinois. Um, I grew up in Streamwood, Schomburg area, Elgin area. I know all the towns, thereabouts, and everything else. Anywhere from the south side to Hensdale to Willowbrook to fucking wherever you want to go. Uh, I moved out of the Streamwood area. I feel like I'm on a date. I moved out of that area out west by Rockford, specifically Davis Junction, population 500. Lived there for 10 years. Um lives in Algonquin and all my credits locked up guys. So if people want to be a piece of shit and try to steal my identity. Good luck. I highly recommend that to be honest with you, put credit freezes on your credit reports because if somebody steals your identity and they break the law, you can be prosecuted. You don't believe me. Listen to Robert Kurosaki because there was a guy that was very naughty and he was a convicted criminal and he did that type of stuff. So after he served his time and his payback to justice or whatever, he started his own business to tell people what not to do and what to do. So it don't happen to them. I love it. I, the best law enforcement in people and investigators are criminals <laughs> that get caught, uh, which is a great way to say, look, you either help us bust the bad people or you're going to prison. Oh, gee, that's really fucking hard to figure out. But yeah, this was a this was a fascinating episode on one of the podcasts I listened to, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they had this guy on there. And after I listened to it, I mean, while I was listening to it, I locked all my fucking credit report accounts up. Nobody can pull my credit. 
unless I unfreeze it. You better look into it. It just might save your ass. What else? You don't need to know their manager. The man, see, the manager's the problem, Bonnie. I mean, that, that, that's the, that's the gatekeeper that isn't doing their job correctly. So all you're going to do is piss them off. You're saying, well, I don't know this band and I just want to give you some feedback. Well, then you're making them look bad. I don't know if about corporate politics and, and so do you with psychological people with power, you're telling them I'm fucking up and they're not going to, that's not going to be conveyed. The best way to tell her Maya is just tell her. Go to Facebook, go to, don't get me ranting on this again, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, comment on the videos. Tell her, I heard this on the red pill show. Where are you? The original red pill show. Some asshole tried stealing my show. So other people are trying to do it too. I don't really fucking care. Cause you're not me. There's only one me. Thank God for all of you. Just, just. Get a hold of her. She'll listen. Believe me, she's not stupid. She is a very smart, beautiful, talented woman. She's just not being managed right. No band is being managed right. It's easy to manage a band after they're famous and playing music and selling all the shit. It's easy to do. There are so many undiscovered bands there because this whole fucking process sucks. Van Halen was discovered by Gene Simmons. Nobody wanted him. Nobody listened to him back then in the mid to late seventies. Disco was the shit. If you weren't a disco band, nobody paid attention to you. You didn't get a record deal. Randy Travis, 10 times, 10 times for Randy Travis before somebody signed him. Are you retarded? Van Halen had to get discovered by Gene Simmons from kiss. Otherwise you never would have heard who Van Halen was. Really, the whole music process, even from the mid seventies to get these bands exposed is fucked up. Watch the movie queen. There's a scene in there where Freddie Mercury or the actor that portrays him wouldn't sign queen and Freddie Mercury is going to go. You're going to be known as the record label and the person that didn't sign queen. It's in the movie. It's a great movie. It's a great lesson that nobody's learned yet. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I get, I get fucking pissed. Uh, Spotify needs to host an artist of the week, new artist, and play their music and encourage people to listen. Yes, they do. That would be wonderful. It's a great idea. Austria is on a three week full lockdown. Breaking news. Uh, you have to confirm that. Where's your fact checking? Is there a leak? Is there a link? I don't really fucking care. I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. Thanks for that, Pamela. La, 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 la. Pamela, every, Europeans are starting to protest the new rules. Well, good. Good. It's nothing more than freaking communism, dictatorship, fucking yes, your majesty orders. Oh, I order you to do this as I sit and have my tea and crumpets and collect the taxes. And we have all these nice 
amenities that you're paying for and I can live my life the way that I want to and you cannot. So you all can just go eat cake. What's that from? Gonna happen again. I know it is. Okay. I don't think the old money in Europe expected them to resist. No, of course not. I don't care who makes the laws. Give me the control of the money supply and it won't matter. Who said that in a roundabout way? Yeah, it don't fucking matter. Money controls everything. It's obvious, isn't it? Now? I don't care who makes the laws. Give me control of a country's money supply system something like that do your homework on rothschilds and rockefellers and jp morgan and all these other fucking assholes okay what else that's it so i'm at the end of the comments in there podbean oh, wow a lot of people jumped in thank you there's z gold they were in the first i don't know gender that's who asked who the song was forever still Download it, listen to it, play it, contact her, tell her. She's amazing, wonderful, talented. Where have you been all my life? I love you. Who else? PG, PBG1D. I don't fuck. What the fuck is that? Sorry. Z Gold, Muhammad, pick up my call. I can't. You can call in now, though, if you want. Give me a minute. I can't, I can't talk and be on a rant and take phone calls. I, I just can't, especially how important that episode was that, uh, that episode, this episode, in my opinion is the most important one that I will ever do. So I apologize for that. Not ignoring you. I just had to get it all out. Uh, pod bean, pod diesel, 62 rod diesel, 62. God, I hate doing this. I got to put on these reader glasses. I fucking hate doing this. But this print is so small. I never, ever, ever put these fuckers on. Okay, let's see. Taboo Truth. XNX93UV9. Boy, it's pretty scary when you can't read when you have readers on. Yadav. Hibi. Where do you guys get these names? McRabbi Tim. <laughs> I kind of like that one. McRabbi Tim. M-C-R-A-B-Y. E-Y-E. Whatever. Tant. Rod Diesel 62. Okay. So that's that. So I'm back into Google Voice. If you want to call, call now. I'm waiting. I'm just sitting here. It's a Friday. It's a Saturday night. I don't have nothing to do. So I'd really appreciate if you call me and pick me up and take me out and fuck my brains out. I really need it right now. Please. That was Marge Simpson, kind of. 815-290-0912. Now's your chance. And I'm not going to click out of here because then I won't get the call. And nobody called anyway. Because I see the history here. If not, I'm going to go. 815 290 
1-800-242-0912. Get a pen. Get a, I hate when I'm listening to the radio or anything and they just blurb it out. 815-290-0912. There you go. Other than that, I'm going to say adios muchachos. And uh, I really got shit to do. I really didn't want to do this today. I It's a Saturday. It's my time. I want to do what I got to do, which includes going to the chiropractor, the gym, and ride my motorcycle. But I just found it imperative and a precedence to do this. And without a co-host, not that I don't mind it, but I had a mission today. Very rarely have a mission and intention uh, to get my point across, but this is very, very, very important. And this is going to be shared on LinkedIn. I can't do it through StreamYard. StreamYard's really li limiting things. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Um, not to mention this show, I saw all the episodes with Mel were deleted. I don't know how that happened. And the show is not being uploaded to iTunes from Freedom Revolution Network. I don't know why. It's probably a glitch. I don't want to think anything else. That's why I do it on Podbean. And then when I'm done, I upload it to their Spotify, YouTube. It's redundant, but it's there. So in this show is explicit. I've already gotten two emails from YouTube. Well, we don't think your show or episode or whatever is for all ages. Yeah, no shit. Really? That's why I click explicit on it. And I say, please use it your own risk. Duh. What do I got to do? The show isn't for kids. And trust me, if they listen to it, they might learn something. Just don't repeat the color, colorful metaphors. Oh my God, you're swearing. I can't take it anymore. Uh, the world is just so much better if people don't swear. No, the world's much better if people aren't assholes. Okay, it's enough. Fucking ranting. Okay, you're going to call in? Because if you're not, I'm going to go. Because if I click off of here, I can't see when you call. You know what, though? I can't see on my phone. So I take that back. I know anybody didn't call. Because I have that, I have Google Voice on my phone, and it rings. And it did ring once, but that's a new Smyrna number. And that, I know for a fact, is probably the chiropractor I call. Because they open at 10, and it's 10.03. So there you go. So I can navigate from here. And I'm going to right now. And I'm going to go. So say goodbye, everybody. There you go. Exactly, Bonnie. That was <laughs> that was the beginning of the French Revolution, as far as I understand it. Let them eat cake. Oh, but the peasants are starving to death and, and uh, whatever, and they don't have bread. And I don't know the whole fucking thing because I'm not a history expert, okay? But just do your homework again on it. Oh, Tim, you said this and this. Mm -hmm. Scarlet again. Not that she's ever talked to me like this. I'm just joking. Tim, I got a lot of complaints. Mm -hmm. And you said the French Revolution was just because they said don't eat cake and they were starving to death. Mm -hmm. 
whatever. Do your homework. But yeah, she said, not Scarlett. She said, let them eat cake. I didn't know she lost her head. That's pretty, it's pretty, pretty serious punishment for the crime. But I think it's a serious crime. Let them eat cake. Fuck is wrong with you, bitch. Really? And that was, from what I know, the final straw that broke the camel's back for the French Revolution. And they were pissed. Apparently so. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I guess you got to say from your audiences only. Whatever. I think explicitly marked and use at your own risk is plenty. Quite honestly, I think kids should listen to parts of the show. They might learn something. But then I'll say something like this. I don't think a formal education is a requirement to be successful. Because then all these kids are going to go, well, Tim said we don't have to go to school, so I'm not. Fuck you, mom. Uh, I want my son to have it. I want my son to have an education, and you just told him he doesn't have to. And I'm working two jobs, and my husband's busting his ass, so we pay for a good education. That he's probably never going to fucking use anyway. Or you're going to go to school and get student loans that, can't, that you can't default on, and you're not even going to use your degree. Now, am I saying that's everybody? No. But people are going to pick and choose what they want to hear, and then they're going to shove it in my ass. So there you go. Um, what else? She got the guillotine? Oh, my God. Just really for that? For saying let them eat cake? Whoa. Well, I guess that is a big F you. And she got the guillotine. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. I learned something today in history. I I just, I knew it definitely was a big factor of the French Revolution. I didn't know she lost her head, literally, <laughs> because of saying that. Wow. Well, there you go. Be careful what you say. You might lose your head, literally. All right, so that's it. How long has this been, according to Podbean? Two hours and 15 minutes. So once again, this was an ongoing uh, cluster of whatever you want to call it, a segment of a whole package, episode three, that I was going to charge 100 bucks for. Because I, I can promise you, one thing that you picked up or anybody picked up on this, you're good. If you decide to close your business today, cause you're not going to win, you're going to save a hundred bucks. I can promise you that right now. Well, I'm going to lose money. Yeah, you're going to lose money, but you're not going to get out of the tax liabilities. And I can promise you being in business for one more day, you're going to acquire or accumulate a hundred dollars in tax liabilities. I know you're going to. So right there, you just saved a hundred bucks. But I, I don't want to monetize and, and profit off of this. This is way too serious. And it would not be in my better judgment not to get this information out for free. 
based on my experience. That's all I have. This isn't some, some movie I watched or some book I read or whatever. And I'm just saying, well, the book said this, so you better do that. No, this is my life, man. And I have the right to share it. And I am. I also have the right to charge for it because I pay dearly, dearly for my fuck ups. And if I can help somebody avoid that, that's what I'm trying to do. But it's your choice. It's your journey. It's your battle. And it's a battle that you cannot win. I cannot win. I didn't. I couldn't. I'm still paying. But for me to charge for this, if anybody would even buy it, but it's like I said, it was a segment of business on a premium podcast that I charge through Podbean. But I'm like, you know what? I can't in good conscience and faith charge for this. I just can't fucking get it. It's too important. So that's that. Would be a great book to put on on Amazon. Yeah, don't tempt me. I, I'm waiting for a happy ending, and that's actually I'm waiting for a happy ending, so I can write a book. I will write a book. I am in the process of writing a book, but at the more I write it, the more like nobody's going to believe this, and I'm not going to go out and get signed affidavits. And it's like I'm not going to do that. No, where's your references or your uh, bullet points or your what do you call those notes at the bottom of a book? of a book where like footnotes where you can leave your sources, whatever you call that. I'm not going to do that either. Like, I don't have time for that shit. And if I wrote a book, it'd piss a lot of people off, which you know, story of my life. I don't, I'm not doing it to piss people off. You don't want to be accountable for your actions. That's on you. There's a point in time where you got to let everything and turn it over to God where karmic justice serves, but it still doesn't change the fact you did what you did. And when I call people out, they don't like it. I don't, I don't like it either, actually, but I'm open enough of mind and open-minded enough to go, yeah, you know what? I, I shouldn't have done that. I fucked up. But most people can't do that. There's your alpha male again. I never, I never make mistakes. <laughs> okay. You better run. You better run from those type of people because that means they can't learn anything or share, or they don't have your best interest. They're going to tell you what to do. That's a control issue. I don't care. I know women love alpha guys and confident guys. Good luck with that because most of the ones that I know that are married to ones aren't very happy, but that's just me. And I refuse to be that way. What else? difference between leadership and being fucking Mr. Gray from 50 shades of gray that for some reason, women like getting fucked sideways and stuff, stuff shoved in orifices that shouldn't go there. And they just love it by submission. If that's you and that makes you happy, God bless you. Me. You don't treat people like that. That's just me though. I can't tell you when that book came out and how many women really pretty women that I know, I'm like, okay, so have you read 50 shades of gray and about 90% of them? Oh my God. I love that book. And I, I guess the book's better than the movie. I couldn't get through the movie. I'm like, who in the right fucking mind 
would want to watch this and have some type of fantasy where you want to find your dream man and get treated like that by total submission, contractually in agreement, and willfully entering into an agreement like that. I thought y'all wanted Prince Charming and chivalry and bravery and protection and a friend that you can talk to. But I guess I'm wrong. You want to be submitted and hanged upside down and shove, shove, shove where the sun don't shine and you're going to enjoy that. I don't get it. I got a lot to learn about women. It's kind of like waking up and finding out what's really going on and then you try to fight it, which is a mistake. If that's what you all want, I'm just going to have to come to terms with it and go, okay, but uh, I'm not doing that to you. I'm just not. I just, I'm not. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get beating, beating submissive physical and mental things into your head to break you sexually and mentally. I don't get, I don't, that's the fucking military. Well, not sexual part, but I mean, that's breaking you. I don't know why in God's name somebody wanted to be that submissive, but what do I know? I don't fucking know anything, apparently. What else? How much do you want me to go on? Because <laughs> I will. I mean, it just all keeps coming. I could do this shit all day long, but that's enough. Okay. Yeah, someday, Bonnie, I'll read a book. It'll become a major motion picture. <laughs> or a real bad movie on Netflix or Amazon prime and whatever, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know who could portray me though. It'd be interesting because my personality, I don't even want to, the looks I don't, I, I'm more concerned about the personality than the looks. I don't mean, I don't want, I don't want no big fat fucker portraying me. Average looking guy's fine. I don't really care. But the character and the essence are more important to me. And you know what? I'm going to bring this up. So I don't like dark movies like Edward Scissorhands. I mean, I like the movie, but it's not my first choice. I don't like the dark movies at all. Bat, the first Batman, they're not my first choice. But I was listening to Howard Stern in reruns from 1999, and he had Tim Burton on. And, I, and, and they just started the show. And I almost turned it. I go, I don't want to listen to this dark asshole. Boy, did I make a mistake. That guy's amazing. And I listened to him and he sounds like a great, wonderful guy, normal guy. And I'm like, wow. So with that said, I want Tim Burton to direct my movie. Since we're playing pretend here, but I, but I don't know. I don't know who I would want to portray me. And then if I say anybody, then immediately people equate it to looks. It's not what I'm going for. I'm going for acting ability that could portray me. I have to think about that. Very few could. 
I think. Yeah, I see. I don't want to say because people are going to go, oh, you don't look nothing like him. Well, I, I know that. <laughs> I'm not going for that. I don't know. I have to think about it. It's never going to happen anyway, but I would definitely have to think about that. All right. Pick up my call. You're not calling. Oh, wait a minute. You're not calling, Muhammad. I'll check again. 815-290-0912. Do I have to check the phone number? To prove, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying. I, I'm not getting a phone call. That's what I'm saying. 815-290-0912. There you go. she call if she can get through you can all right i'm gonna go so thanks for listening to me share this show how come i'm all distorted now hello is that am i that's kind of weird anyway please share the show please above all else contact forever still and maya shoni i don't even have contact with her anymore i i closed all of my um social media except parlor which is going to take over facebook i think it already is so check out parlor if you're tired of facebook and twitter and instagram and all those other fucking things um check out parlor it's really cool i like it but above all else forget this show please send maya a message i heard your song the last day on the original red pill show. Oh my God. I love you. I love your band. Where are you? Where have you been? Kind of act like you just found the love of your life and you don't want to let them go. Cause that's how I feel about it. So if you feel the same way and passionate about music and a band that you're just like, Holy shit. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm putting her up there with Van Halen and Bon Jovi and all the eighties bands, Boston seventies, um, Nickelback, all, you know, not so current, but, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, Zeppelin, fucking, I, I mean, she's up there. Pat Benatar, uh, um, Haley, what's it? Haley, uh, I don't know her name when I come off. Um, any female bands? I mean, she can give anybody a run for their money. I don't fucking care. Heart. All of them. Tell her, please. And then if you do that, share the show. Okay? So I'm going to go. 
Y'all have a great day. Y'all have a good weekend. I don't know when I'll be back. Asshole, I'll be back Monday. And who knows what we're going to talk about. But I thought, again, this was a imperative show. Do I want it animated or real life action film? I don't know if it'd be an action film. But I don't want it to be a documentary. What I want is this kid. What I want is this. I want an American motivating story, which I think we're lacking thereof a lot. We're a kid from Streamwood with no college education and nothing but his gut, hard work, instinct, beliefs, family values, loyalty, exclusivity, monogam monogamous, whatever. It's one and the same, I think. Two different subjects. Against all odds, became very successful but also lost it all can't be it can't be a happy ending all the time it just fucking can't but hopefully it is though right now it's not and it's not a lot of happy endings for people right now they just don't realize it yet and that's why i did this episode but i, I wouldn't want it uh echoes i'm echoing i shouldn't be i don't know why i'm echoing but if i am maybe that's what i hear because something's different after I took that phone call. Am I still on the phone? No, but I'm closing that. Maybe that'll help. But anyway, I'm going to go. Share the show. Get a hold of Maya forever still. Listen to her shit and her material. And tell her to get her fucking ass to the States. Because they need to be discovered. It's about goddamn time. I'm going to go. Thanks for listening. And share the show. And get a hold of Maya. You have been listening to the original Red Pill Show. Bye.